Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers show. Now some of you, like myself, might have wondered, could we be doing more to leverage younger talent in finance to unlock more value in our organisations? I mean, it's easy for those of us who've been around finance and the business for a long time to maybe get stuck in our ways a bit in terms of how we work. But if you think about it, younger, fresher minds may not have similar limiting beliefs or constraints as to what's possible or what's not particularly around the new technologies that they've grown up with and even maybe that key to unlocking even higher levels of value in finance and drive our organizations even more forward. So look, this is just one of the many topics our guest mentor today, Marcus Delwell, and I cover on this week's episode. Marcus also deconstructs for us things that new entrants to finance can do immediately to start unlocking value for our organizations, why we need to be more than your stereotypical accountant image and the main things new entrants should be interested in to get a bigger return on their investment in a career in accounting and finance. Also, Marcus shares a great example of how to keep finance professionals motivated that we can all do, particularly given that it's our younger professionals running the more mundane, not-so-fun tasks and processes, and also how just having conversations with folks can identify common interests and boost our career success. So if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to let your friends and your colleagues know about it. We're on all the major platforms, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you do want to check out the show notes, how to connect with Marcus, some of the key quotes, then head over to our website, sitnshow.com slash podcast. So really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So without further ado, over to Marcus and the show. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Marcus, we, we've had a few exchanges on Messenger before the podcast and really appreciate you coming in, given that uh, you've just done a half Ironman as well. So congratulations, well done. To ease you into it, maybe could you share with us your journey in accounting finance with our audience? Sure. I started university in Manchester in 2006 doing a business management degree which lasted four years and um, it started off quite generalist touching all, on all parts of business and then over time um, it needed to be a bit more focused and um, although I have more of a creative background in the sense that I'm interested in music, I play instruments and write music, I was also interested in numbers which isn't a typical pairing um, of interest. So towards the end of my degree, I started looking at more at um, finance and accounting topics. Once I graduated from uh, university, I joined, um, or I was lucky enough to join Deloitte Consulting in London. And I joined their consulting finance practice, looking at performance management. So that was largely related to um, systems and data. I worked um, on kind of large implementations of performance management systems um, across many different companies and industries across Europe, which was quite exciting at the time because I worked with 
a lot of different companies and I got to travel quite a lot, which in my early 20s was really fun and exciting. So that's where I started to apply my kind of technical finance knowledge, but also started to learn about systems and data and the more technical aspects of finance. Although um, that was really interesting and I'm glad I did it, I was naturally more driven towards the kind of more strategic elements of finance. So actually moved teams three years later after I started to the strategic finance function, which looked at more like operating models and um, FP&A was more of a theme. So I started looking at more re- reporting processes, um, how, how, are, how stakeholders in the business can use analysis, dynamic reports, um, and use data to drive decisions, which is more getting into the whole finance business partnering side of things. And that was much more suited to me. And because I had that technical background, I was able to kind of jump between conversations of what the business wanted and what was technically possible from a kind of IT systems perspective. After five years of working in um, London, I was asked for a new challenge. And so I moved to Sydney. Um, with my work, again, into the into the finance consulting area, um, where I worked with um, some New South Wales state government clients. And I've recently moved into um, an internal role, which is focusing on internal transformation. So that is partnering with the the actual partners of the business to actually change the way that we deliver work um, to our clients. So that's um, informing partners um, of the business, of the financials, of what we're selling, also coming up with new ways of working. So instead of just putting our people on projects, which is time and materials related, it's actually how can we develop new uh, solutions involving technology, data visualizations to actually drive different forms of revenue in the business. I suppose as a, a profession, from a practice perspective, that's definitely where it goes. It's much more a pricing value type approach, and it's what our customers and clients are looking for. So, so look, really appreciate that introduction, Marcus. There's a few things in there I'd, I'd love to um, unpick a bit more with you, but I suppose relative to our our previous guest mentors, you know, you're you're you're, you're one of our younger guests, but you're seeing an awful lot going on. And one of the main reasons why I really wanted you on the show and really excited to bring you on was that, you know, you've been sharing your thoughts with, I suppose, university graduates uh, trying to figure out whether or not a finance career is what what they should expect. And I suppose in terms of your journey yourself, I I mean, what what would you be advising them at the moment? What should they be looking out for or what should they be doing as they enter this this world of finance? Sure. So I think... um Traditionally, new people entering finance and accounting um, would be very technically good with numbers and um, would often be quite introverted. I mean, it, it's it's well known that there's a stereotype behind accountants that is still fixed in the industry. But now people need to be a lot more than that. So the the, the technical aspect of accounting is almost like a given. So um, whether that's through a degree or whether that's through an additional academic qualification 
such as chartered accountants or SEMA or CPA. So that's that, that that should be made standard. But people coming into the industry need to be interested in either technology that supports finance, the data aspects, or they need to be interested in the actual business they're working in. And if they're interested in the business they're working with and how the business, they need to have that kind of commerciality um, element and they need to be able to um, represent those soft skills. Being um, people, a people person, they need to be curious. Um, they need to ask questions. Um, they need to, as you mentioned, be able to get out from behind their desks and get into the business. Yeah, I, I again, I completely support what you're saying there. I think um, it's generally that's the price. We're sorry, given our technical skills, you know, it's, it's the price of entry. So you know, you know, we're going to have acquired some of those. Where we need to to think about is definitely either on a more technical data type track, which uh, which I would sort of say helps drive our impact, or how we go and engage and have those softer skills to partner with the business and be their sparring partner and being comfortable in those areas. And I think I think there's definitely room for both um, along the way in terms of, I suppose, using those to unlock value in the business. Um, is there sort of any things are, we can deconstruct for our listeners to, to help them on that journey as, as new or new finance professionals to unlock value in the business? Um, sure. So... I think knowing your business, knowing the business that you work in really well is key. Knowing what your stakeholders are interested in is key because often in clients, maybe 80 to 90% of the work that finance departments do is either not of interest to the business, whether that's through putting reports together that have always been put together for years whether that's consolidating different data sets and numbers. I think a lot of the time people in finance and accounting are, are doing those tasks because they are part of their working day schedules and always have been. What they haven't done is actually look at the bigger picture of what they're doing and be like, what is it that the business is looking for from the information that I'm providing them? Is this information hitting the mark in terms of the decisions that are being made. I think a lot of the time um, we're, as, as finance practitioners, we're waiting for the business to come to us asking what they want. But actually, it should be the other way around where we're, we, we, we continually test and ask questions of the business in terms of what they want because I think often we expect the business to know what they want and they don't until they actually see something that's really useful. And that's when they'll go, actually, that's really useful. Can we have more of that information, please? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting one. That, that last piece there, Marcus, because that's probably an assumption, you know, like, you know, you're new to a career, right? You know, you'd expect the business to know what they need to know. Right. But that's so true. I mean, and I've seen that in my career many times is one, one, it's an assumption. I think a lot of us have how, like, how do we make sure our new entrants don't just naturally assume that the business already has what they need? How can we snap out of that? Or, or is there any things we can do to, to in effect, get over that hurdle and start to be adding more value, unlocking more value for them? 
Sure. I think trying to instill um, a culture of just inquisitiveness and curiosity about what it is that we're doing on a daily basis is really important. And um, providing the room for younger people, especially to be able to put forward new ideas or new ways of working on what we're doing. I think often we find that people who've been in a business a long time um, can kind of get stuck in their ways a lot in terms of how they work. And actually, um, younger minds, younger objective minds without the constraints of kind of what's possible and what's not, um, we should be kind of utilizing the, these new ideas and, and, and how they see the world, especially with new technology and new ways of working. Um, a lot of the time, young people are kind of coding for fun, but, you know, older, more more senior people in the business wouldn't know what coding is or what it's capable of. And actually, like, the changes are so dr drastic now that we should actually start listening to younger people who have exposure and an interest in these new new ways of working because the capability and possibility of the time um, efficiency, efficiencies are just enormous, especially for um, the finance and accounting part of the business. Yeah, I, I agree. I, going with, yeah, that's great advice. I was just going with that time and efficiency angle. You, you made a point earlier, like, you know, I suppose a lot of our work we do is necessary to get the insights out to, to make an impact, but it's it's not necessarily what our our business partners, our customers are willing to pay for. Um, like, I suppose, do you ever sort of, I mean, how do you get your head around that? You're new to the career, right? And you're expected to do work that ultimately the customer probably wouldn't pay for. Like, how do you how do you stay motivated that a lot of our work in terms of data collection, cleaning, um, trying to, I suppose, ascertain what it is that we're trying to report, get the reports out. Um, a lot of that the customers probably wouldn't pay for or our clients wouldn't really pay for. So, mm -hmm. you know, that seems like dead time and it may seem like non value add time, but it's a necessary step we have to go through. Or it's maybe just it's been always the way it's been done in finance, and it can be quite demotivating. So I'm just trying to think like, how do we get our heads around that to keep with it, so that once we go through that, we're 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 adding value or unlocking value in the business. Yep. So I think um, especially for new people, even if we set the challenge to them, so they they've got a finance process to run, whether it's putting together a report. Yeah. If I was a manager, I would say to them, I'll set you a challenge. If you can improve the efficiency of this process from five days to four days, then you can have that extra day to um, look into something within finance that you're interested in or something in the business that you'd like to learn about to get to know and almost set set the challenge um, down themselves and, and and give them the opportunity to actually um, critically think about the process they're putting together um, and actually come up with suggestions on how to improve and then once you find those efficiencies efficiencies actually then reinvesting it back to actually support something else which could improve additional value to the business in effect i think what you've you suggested there is um it's you actually made it goal orientated so rather than look at it as a problem 
we're doing all this work for for it doesn't see much in the way of return it's actually you know what let's let's have a good positive constructive goal around this so i can get to work on the things that that the customer might matter to the customers and the clients exactly and i think from a mindset perspective from for someone's new, like new into finance people want to have purpose people want to be challenged people don't want to do the same things every day people don't want to be criticized people want to have the room to grow so i think it's the fra- framing of problems into kind of productive challenges is something that i have definitely had a positive reaction to and uh, the people around me have as well yeah no, that's, that's spot on marcus great great advice and you know, I'm gonna pick pick your your mind for more advice now. I suppose in terms of getting to know the business really well and what's interesting stakeholders. Do you have perhaps any advice you can share that the steps we can take to to help help ourselves on that journey? Sure, I think um, actually just forgetting about finance and accounting for a minute. Um, I think I think just actually just being able to have a conversation with someone about. And just to try and find that common interest that someone might, you might have um, with anybody in the business. So, for example, I remember my um, final interview for my graduate program. Um, It was actually um, mainly about football. And the reason why it's about football is I actually support a team called Shrewsbury Town, which is in the third league of English football and he happened to support Barnet in the third (laughs) league in North London and they had a fixture coming up that weekend and we spent the whole of that interview talking about the form of the team, what football grounds we've been to, um, what our predictions are for where our teams will finish in the league and um, from there he actually became um, that that person who interviewed me became a bit of an informal mentor for me and my career for the next few years. And that was purely based off a common interest and actually nothing to do with finance and accounting. So actually, my advice would be get out there, meet people and, and talk to people about just things that you're interested in or passionate about and actually have a conversation about it. And if you can establish that baseline relationship, then things become much easier for your actual job and work from a finance and accounting perspective. Yeah, I I like that, Marcus. Yeah, just forget about finance and accounting for a bit and just go and be a human being and have a conversation and see where it goes. Exactly. Love it. Love it. And and I suppose then in terms of where you are now, Marcus, what's exciting you most about your current work? So. I've recently, um, as mentioned, taken an internal um, role, which is looking at um, the ways that we um, deliver work to our clients. Um, so we recognize as, um, as a company from a strategic perspective that we cannot continue to do things the way that they've always been done because there is so much change happening in all industries from a technical digital perspective um, that we want to actually become the disruptors of the industry as opposed to being as opposed to just doing things as normal and our industries then becoming disrupted ourselves so I'm really lucky enough to be on the front line of how technologies um, and automations are being one assessed opportunities within the business 
to be identified and then kind of prototypes to be built um, to be built either with automations or, or different technologies to see if those efficiencies that we all read about in terms of what automations can do are actually mm-hmm. possible. And um, from actually working in it and being in it, it is not as clear cut as you may read from a theoretical perspective in all the many articles there is. There is a lot of times that automations do not work. There's a lot of times that they do not um, have the efficiencies and time savings that um, are often put forward. But I do see the development and the advancement of these technologies on a daily basis. And I have no doubt in a few years that they will start delivering on the kind of efficiencies that we all read about right now. And I don't think it's something we should be scared of or worried about. But we are starting to look at the kind of makeup of our teams in terms of the skills that we have. And although like being an accountant is fundamental still to our business, we are also starting to branch out now in terms of, well, you can't just be an accountant. You know, technical skills are really important. Having that really business expertise is really important. And we're not saying that you have to have all of these but you fundamentally need to either be really into the technical side or really into the business side, as well as having those core accounting skills. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Actually, and you know what? I really appreciate you calling out the fact that some of these technological projects around automation, they're not working. But this is just the part of where we are. When it comes to disruption, there will be successes and there will be failures. It's all part of figuring it out. And then, you know, sometimes that technology is to do with, I don't know, perhaps culture or, or, or whatever. And, and then you've also mentioned the skills as well. I completely agree with you. I, I want to reinforce, I don't think people in our profession need to feel they have to be able to do it all. It's all about, you know, um, finding other human beings that, that we can complement our skills with. So if one of us is more technolo- technologically enabled, and we're partnered or paired up with someone who is perhaps able to go and have a good sparry partner type conversation with a customer or a client, then I think that's a very good mix to have in the team, you know, because there are other people out there that can complement each other. So, but, but it's important that said, we have to do a little bit extra as one of our previous mentors said, you know, what's our extra? Is it, do we bring extra technological skills or data skills or do we bring more business partnering skills and mindsets? So I suppose in terms of yourself, Marcus, any, any advice in terms of what you're picking up um, in, in sort of the knowledge you're gaining in the area you're working at the moment that um, they could also share with their audience in terms of the skills or the technological or the data aspects? Sure. So, um, because I started from the technology side in finance in terms of systems, I was able to kind of, uh, I, I can understand the concepts of how kind of databases and how data flows through systems and how it, um, how it needs to be treated before it is ultimately analyzed and insights are taken from it. Now, I would not claim to be a technical expert. I think that kind of early understanding um, was really helpful. So I would advise or recommend even if you're technical or not just to um have a have a a read of some information in terms of how the systems work just from a purely conceptual perspective and just just to get that base level understanding 
Um, and I think online now, I think LinkedIn do kind of open learning sessions on this kind of thing. So I, I really recommend um, people to take um, uh, to take that on. That was that's really a good one because it's um it's the early learnings in effect you're getting from your yeah, yeah. area and the advice back. You know, that that's a great one. And by the way, on that one, Marcus, I, I wanna reiterate, I found that very useful as well for figuring out where it is perhaps we can use our technical accounting skills and controllership skills to improve value. Because if we get a conceptual idea in our minds and get it onto paper the end to end again that's that assumption these things people just assume they're in place but a lot of these processes we look at yeah. and systems were just put together just to meet on the fly to put business needs so probably someone no i'm not saying that they should have been documented but maybe no one's had the opportunity or time to put into conceptually stacking it up end to end and, and, you know, in terms of unlocking value, one way of unlocking value is one, re- reducing the risk of a system or two, trying to reduce leakage within a system of things that are happening that shouldn't be happening and capturing cash flows then that, that will then flow to the bottom line. So I do think that that's a very good bit of advice that yep. some of us overlook. We assume it's there and it's not and we understand the system and then we become more of an expert in that understanding and we can do something with it. That's a great advice. Yes, no, exactly. And I've often in my career had to draw out end-to-end processes of how I think um, data flows through the various systems ultimately to the end customer. And um, if I can get that onto one page, I can then easily yes. kind of pin, pinpoint very easily where I think the pain points, bottlenecks or important areas of focus and investigation need to be moving forward. That's that's great advice, Marcus. No, I, I really appreciate you sharing that one. Um, look, I I can't believe the time's flying. I I, I do want to sort of throw some rapid fire questions at you. Uh, I suppose in terms of you know you've been giving us great advice, and I suppose in terms of yourself, Marcus, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received is. Um, be inquisitive and expose yourself to as many different ways of working, especially in your early career, as possible. I think people will ultimately have a view of where they think their career should go. But until you experience it, you won't really know what you like and don't like. And I've been surprised a number of times in my career that I've actually quite liked something that I didn't think I would like at all. And actually didn't like something that I thought I would really like. So, um, especially in your early part, be inquisitive and try and expose yourself to as much as possible. Okay, I, I feel like there's a story in there, Marcus. I'm going to ask you. So so could you mind sharing what you liked or didn't like? Um, I didn't think I would like um, presenting in front of big stakeholders or in a, in a meeting purely because um, yeah, as a as a as a kind of young entrance into finance and accounting, you're kind of put on the more kind of mundane tasks. Um, through fluke and chance, I think a number of, I think three levels of management happened to be away on the same day and I was the only one left who could do this particular, <laughs> do this particular presentation, which I was very scared about. But because of my the advice I mentioned around being inquisitive and be, trying to expose yourself to as much as possible, I, I forced myself to, to, to do it and actually um actually i really enjoyed that meeting and i think the stakeholders appreciated although i was quite junior at the time the way i came across and um it, it gave me the kind of foundations of being that kind of 
more people-centric uh, business partner. And that's where my kind of curiosity started around finance business partnering and working with the business. So that was a prime example of something that I thought I wouldn't like and actually has kind of sent, set the foundations to where my career is heading now. Isn't that, isn't that brilliant? It's uh, probably something you would never have probably actively chosen to do. And then, you know, you found that, oh, it's not, that's pretty, pretty damn good. Like, you know, it's not so bad. Exactly. Um, and exactly. it's helped and it's helped your career. So that's fantastic. And I suppose then in terms of, uh, you know, resources you found along your, your journey so far, is there any you could perhaps recommend our audience? Any- um, sure. Um, so where I've found kind of my inspiration outside of work is um when i worked in london i i took the sema qualification which is a management accounting qualification and i tried to attend as many of the kind of events that they would put on as possible whether they were kind of networking events or whether they were events related to new trends new technologies so i tried to go to as many of those as possible not just to learn about um about the industry and what was happening, but just purely from a networking level, the amount of kind of connections that you meet um, and those that you call upon in your career for various um, bits of advice or pointers about how to do something is is, is really valuable. And um, now that I'm in Australia, I, I transferred that qualification to CPA, which is the equivalent qualification here. And I'm part of um, the Young Professionals Committee here in Sydney. And we're um, we actually put on events now. So having been exposed to going to the events for a number of years, I'm now um, outside of work. I actually try and organise these events. <laughs> so um, and, and try and you know get get key speakers to speak at them, whether they're CFOs or or tech technology experts or. Um, so yeah, that's 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 really interesting. So if you are part of a if you are part of um if you have a qualification in finance or um you're part of one of these kind of institutes that do put on these events i I really encourage you to go to them there is a wealth of um yeah events people knowledge to be had there definitely you know that's why you just remind me so i don't think i don't think many you know guest mentors on the show have talked about this marcus but like i don't know about you but i have to say any event i've ever really gone to um particularly these local ones there's always something you come away with that you didn't have before. They, they've they never been a waste of time. There's always been something good come out of it. I mean, is that, has that been your experience or what, what do you think? Um, yeah, absolutely for sure. And even if it's a really rubbish event that's very boring, I come away from that event knowing what doesn't work and what doesn't hit the spot <laughs> with the audience. So actually, um, actually, like the events that I try and organize and put on now, I try and make as interesting, as interactive, and as varied as possible. Um, so even even those bad events, I've kind of translated into what works now. And even in my career and my job, like I know what stakeholders, how stakeholders would react to different formats of how we deliver our insights, our um, you know our knowledge, our information to to the business. So it's all been really useful. Yeah, and exactly. They're still useful. And that's another important thing. So I think they're getting better. I think people are learning what's working, what isn't, how to get the insights across. And I, I do think they're getting better. So that's that's some fantastic uh, suggestions there, what we should be checking out. And I suppose if uh, any of our audience, Marcus, want to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you at? 
Um, sure, they can find um, find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Marcus Bellwell in the world, so they shouldn't be a problem in sending messages to the wrong person. So feel free to message me on that. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Marcus, um, you know, we're nearly there wrapping up, but uh, any sort of parting thoughts for our audience? Yeah, parting thoughts for for the audience is um, you'll hear and you'll read an ever more increasing amount of information about how finance is changing, how accounting will become automated and how um, how there's going to be such great change. Although um, that is true, we should see that as an opportunity as something that's really exciting and in order to do that it means that we can then drive the change from within our industry we don't have to wait to get you know to, for change to happen to us we should take this opportunity and actually learn about the new technologies out there how they can help our jobs how they can create efficiency efficiencies um, we can learn about how the business wants to um wants to use finance to get that sort of added um, added information and value add in terms of the insights that we provide. So really take this opportunity to learn as much as possible and um, yeah, apply it into your um, career now. Don't just accept the status quo of how things are. Really be interested and inquisitive and apply these changes that are coming into our industry in ways that are both productive for you and for the business that you're working for that's fun that's a fantastic way to wrap this up marcus uh, look uh, really appreciate you coming on as a guest and in terms of in terms of some of your key points i really like the last one as well let's let's not accept the status quo you know we're only going to get much out of our careers if we choose to engage with it be inquisitive uh, try and understand our business figure out what our stakeholders are interested in uh, disrupt ourselves rather than dis- disrupt ourselves. That was a very key point you made. It's very poignant for us as well. And look, uh, I suppose wrapping it up, you know, we have so many great opportunities in front of us. Yes, there's challenges, but, you know, to one of your bits of advice as we structure those in a constructive way, um, then then we'll move on and it'll actually for not only our business's benefit, but also our own. So, Marcus, thank you for coming on the show today and investing your time with us. Really appreciate it. And thank you very much for letting me on your show. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.